Welcome to the Stephanie Humphrey Podcast. We are a faith-based podcast featuring biblical teachings, Stephanie Sip and Say, and book discussions with author Stephanie Humphrey. Tune in to hear a word from the Lord and to tap into Stephanie's heart. We hope you enjoy listening and don't forget to subscribe. Blessings. Amen. So again, welcome to the 2021 book study with Stephanie Humphrey. We missed our book study in November because Thanksgiving had come and um, while I was home, <laughs> I just, I just, I just was kind of resting. I was relaxing. I had my feet up. And so I did not take the time to actually read the book. The book that I'm reading tonight actually has a Thanksgiving scene in it. So I went through the book. I marked the pages I was going to read. And when the time came around for our book study, I was just chilling. So tonight we will read our Savoy. Savoya, Samson, and Samuel. This is our, actually was supposed to be our October book, um, but you know, I took my break in October, then again, November with our holiday. And so in the month of December, I know this is supposed to be Bible study night for Be Free Ministries, but what I decided to do is in the month of December, I decided to take every Thursday, we have five Thursdays in December. So I've decided to take all five Thursdays to read excerpts from my last five books. So you're going to get me reading every single Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Tune in, go to my website at determinedpublishing.com to purchase your books. Uh, get the ebooks or the print edition, whichever is best for you, and read along with me during the month of December. All right, all right, well, let's get it started. I'm so excited. This is one of my um, favorite books, y'all. I say it all the time um, um, because, you know, each one holds so much meaning to me. Um, and so this is the longest book that I've ever written. Like I, I wrote this. Oh, I need to tell y'all about November. So I wrote this during November. So November is National Novel Writing Month. For you all who don't know, the month of November every single year is NaNoWriteMo, National Novel Writing Month. So the idea is for new authors, seasoned authors, whoever authors to write a novel, write a story, write whatever your autobiography, a biography, whatever you want to write, write a 50,000 word novel in 30 days. So in November, I was participating in National Novel Writing Month. I have my story written. Y'all, I have over 70,000 words written already and my story is not finished. Like I still have so much to say with this particular story. And that's how it is with this. This novel is over 70,000 words. It's my thickest and um, um, longest single story. I had not planned for it to be that way, but it just turned out that way. And so the one that I'm writing now is the same way. I feel like I'm going to get at least to 90,000 words with this particular story that I'm still working on now, even though, of course, it's a, today is December. Um, today's the, we have the first, today's the second. No, today the third. Oh, I'm at the check the calendar. Yeah, today is the second. So it's December 2nd. And so even though National Novel Writing Month ended on Tuesday, I'm still writing the story out. I'll eventually get to the editing and the proofing of that story. And then I'll probably won't release it until the fall of next year unless 
I just get a super duper burst of energy every day for the next six to seven months and I can finish the story and edit and prove it together. So I don't look to, to release it until maybe August of next year, but I will keep you all posted, right? Okay, so that was that novel. I don't know the name of the novel yet. I've gone through a few different names. So normally when I, sometimes I get the title of a story at the beginning, sometimes I get it in the middle, sometimes I get it at the end. I think this is gonna be one of those stories that the title will come once the story is written, once all, once all of the characters have said what they needed to say, then I'll get the title for the book. So stay tuned, I'll probably be talking about it as the weeks and months go on. So again, we're gonna read Savoya, Samson and Samuel tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and get started with chapter one. And this is one of my few books that actually has chapters in it, you all, or have chapter titles. Like it's one of my few books that, oh, let me go this way, that has chapter titles in it. So the chapter one is entitled, well, I did a prologue for this one. I don't have many prologues either, but I did do a prologue for this one. I'm not going to read it. I want to just get right into the story. So chapter one of Savoya, Samson, and Samuel is entitled... Samuel, sir, you and your son need to leave. Samson did not bother glancing up. Instead, he focused on his son's flailing body. Samson bent low. Son, please calm down, please, he pleaded. Samuel continued to squirm and scream as Samson scanned his brain at the strategies his wife had often used. Oh, I'm sorry, I'll make up words for my own story, y'all. At the strategies he had seen his wife use. What was he saying? He was barely around to see anything his wife had done with their son. He knew about the occasional tantrum, but he had never heard of about one as extensive or long as this one. Samson's eyes slowly moved upward. He sighed. I wish you were here. I have no idea what to do. Samson shook his head as he glanced toward heaven. I could really use some help. <laughs> the Bible said when we call on the Lord, he, he will answer. Hallelujah. So he asked, he looked at heaven, look, I need some God, I need some help. Next paragraph, Savoya scanned the rack for a pink sweater. She frowned at a few, but finally settled on a pink fuzzy v-neck. That is until she saw a mannequin topple over in the aisle near the escalators. Savoya shrugged as she continued to search her options. A piercing scream halted her movement. Was that a child? Her eyes moved toward the growing crowd and then she shook her head. No, no, I am not getting involved. <laughs> another voice, an unpleasant reprimand and another scream. She put the sweater back on the rack and quickly moved toward the commotion. Have you all ever been out and about at the grocery store or wherever and you've heard a child screaming or you've seen a child screaming, you've seen a child crying, and even though the mother in you 
or the teacher in you or the aunt or the grandmother or the grandfather or the father or the uncle in you wants to reach out or just the compassion in you wants to reach out to that mother or wants to reach out to that father or wants to reach out to whoever that adult is that has a screaming or crying child. Have you ever wanted to just reach out to them and ask, can I help you? Do you want me to hold the baby? You know, even maybe um, watching over the other children that are around while the adult is taking care of the crying or screaming baby. Have you ever done that? Like, have you ever offered help when you hear a crying or screaming baby? I never have that I can remember. I don't think I ever have, especially not in this day and time because people are, you know, a little funny or, you know, particular with their children. So while I've never reached out to an adult with a screaming child, I have followed children in the stores. I know that sounds creepy, y'all. But when I see a child by themselves and there are no adults around, I will follow that child to make sure that they get back to the right adult. Because folks, you know, snatching kids up, we got sex slave trafficking, y'all. We have human trafficking going on in the world. We have some very kind and nice people in the world, but we also have some evil people in the world that don't mean your children any good. So when I see a child by themselves in the store or where out and about, I'm going to follow that child. And usually if they go up to an adult, I'll usually say something like, okay, I just wanted to make sure, you know, I saw the child by themselves. I'm an educator. I wanted to make sure the child got back to their family. You know, I'm, I'm, I do explain that to the adult so they won't think I'm crazy or trying to snatch up their child. I promise you, I'm not trying to snatch up your child here. <laughs> but I will make sure that your child or your children are safe. Now that I will do. So put in the comment, put in the chat if you ever had an experience with a parent or an adult with a screaming child or a crying child and, and how did that work out. So anyway, um, Savoya decided I am not going to get involved, but then she was like, look, let me go see what's going on. Okay, next paragraph. Sir, your son is creating a scene. Can't you get him under control? He is bothering other customers. Or it says our customers. I tell you, I add my own words to my own story. Savoya moved past the crowd and peered into the face of a child who was having a serious meltdown. All of us know what a meltdown is. If you don't know, it's when a child is crying, they're screaming uncontrollably. We consider that in the education world as a meltdown. Her eyes shifted to the desperate man. Savoya knelt down near the boy. Twinkle, twinkling stars are shining bright. So what she starts to sing, right? And so Savoya reached in her pocketbook as she continued to sing. She slipped her hand into the puppet as the song ended. Hi there, I'm Firefighter Fred. And let's just take a pause right here, y'all. What adults walk around with puppets in their pocket? So y'all know what her occupation is, right? Okay. I'm Firefighter Frank. I feel very sad. Can you help me? Samuel, who had already calmed, stared at the puppet in awe. His hands began moving and Savoya thanked the heavens that she knew American Sign Language, ASL. She placed the puppet in her lap and quickly found out Samuel's name. He also told her that he was upset because he bumped into a mannequin and when it fell, the face scared him. The clothes falling on him scared him too. Scary faces scared me too. Are you hurt? Savoya smiled as Samuel checked himself and responded no. Firefighter Frank wiped his brow. 
I am glad you are not hurt. I remember one time a stranger scared me, and when I ran away, I fell and scraped my knee on the sidewalk. Ouch, Samuel replied. I know, it hurt, and I was sad. But my dad cleaned it up and made me feel better. Savoya glanced at the man, intently looking at her. Do you think, Savoya put her eyes back on Samuel, that we can help clean up now so we can all feel better? Firefighter Frank picked up the sunglasses and Samuel followed picking up a shirt. Samson and a male bystander righted the mannequin. And make sure you clean it all up, the man from the store said. A few of the bystanders gasped. Savoya eyed him. Sir, there is no need to be rude. This child has special needs. He meant no harm. Please be patient and compassionate to this family. She spoke calmly but firmly. The man, desperately trying to keep his anger at bay, turned to her. Miss, I am the store manager, and this child has been a distraction to the shopping experience here. One of the customers turned toward the manager. I am not distracted. Me either. I am fine. Another customer agreed. I'll say, this father obviously needed help, and instead of you offering your assistance, you ridiculed him. An elderly woman spoke up and made an already high anxiety situation more stressful, the man behind her added. Well, the store manager mumbled something to the man who stood beside him, turned on his heels and hurried away. The man looked at his boss and shook his head. <laughs> like, my apologies, everyone. Here, let me help. Once the area was back in order, Samson turned to thank the lady, but she was gone. Instead, he thanked everyone else and turned to his son. Son, did you take the puppet? Samuel shook his head no. He removed the puppet and informed his dad that the lady had given it to him before she said goodbye. Oh, okay, son. Do you feel better? Samuel nodded. Good. Let's get lunch. <laughs> so what do you all think so far? What do you think about the story? Do you think Savoya and Samson are going to meet again? And if they do, how do you think they're going to meet again? Do you have any ideas? You can put your thoughts in the chat or in the comment section if you're listening later. You all give me just a second. I want to look at something here on my computer because I'm noticing that both of my screens are up on the live and I'm going to see if I can take one of them off. Give me just a second. And then we're going to get into chapter two. So chapter two, the title of chapter two is Savoya's new job. <laughs> what do you all think the new job is? Y'all tell me what y'all think the new job is. So, woof. 11 families down and one to go. You are going to like this family. Widower and handsome.
Savoya glanced, and yes, it's that long in the story, y'all. <laughs> Savoya glanced up from her desk at Kenya, who was currently fanning herself. She glanced at Miss Herman, who was shaking her head. She checked her watch. He is 30 minutes late. I am sure he will be here, Savoya reassured Miss Herman. As the new developmental needs pre-kindergarten teacher, she was thankful for her instructional assistants, Kenya Lee and Susan Herman. They had met two weeks ago for lunch to get to know each other, and Savoya could tell that the three of them were going to balance each other well. Kenya had a bubbling personality and was currently completing a bakery and pastry arts degree from the community college. And Ms. Herman had been working with students with disabilities for over 15 years after having retired from the state. She knew Ms. Herman was going to keep them in line and Kenya would bring all the laughter they needed. And Savoya knew she would bring a bit of both. Another plan, another plus was both of them were Christians. So she already knew they would be on one accord, educating and nurturing their students and would work out any issues with integrity. And that, Savoya glanced up as the classroom door opened. She would have stood, but her surprise caused her to remain in her chair as the little boy recognized her. He tugged at his dad and ran over to, to Savoya's desk. Hi, Samuel. Hi, Firefighter Fred. Samuel put the puppet on her desk. Hi, what are you doing here? I am Miss Black, your new teacher. It is my pleasure to see you again. She glanced at the curious stare of his father. He was a handsome man with pale blue eyes and sandy blonde hair. Savoya cleared her throat and turned her attention back to her student. Samuel, Miss Lee, and Miss Herman are waiting to show you some love too. She pointed to the ladies. Okay. Yes, ma'am, Savoya corrected. Yes, ma'am. See, we taught manners in my classroom, so it's translating into my writing, all right. Savoya quickly glanced at her roster, stood and smoothed her skirt. She met Samuel's dad in the middle of the room and extended her hand. Mr. Hawthorne, I am Savoya Black. It is a pleasure to formally meet you. Samson took the outstretched hand of his son's new teacher. This explains a lot. Savoya meant his smile, yes. Samson couldn't help but stare at this amazingly gorgeous woman in front of him. And it wasn't her surprisingly blue, bright blue eyes or smooth brown skin or curls flowing down her shoulders, but the gentle way she had interacted with his son. The peaceful calm as her presence diffused the tension lingering in the air. The gift of a puppet that had become his son's best friend. She was the total package. Well, as far as he could see, he thought she had slipped away, but now she stood before him with that same confidence and now curiosity. Curiosity? Why was she looking at him that way? 
and why were her eyes blue? She's an African-American woman, so he's like, what is going on? He glanced down at their hands. Oh, he gently released her hand, averting her eyes, but not that of his son's other teachers. He moved their way. Miss Herman, how are you? Savoya noticed how uncomfortable Samson looked in the elderly woman's arms. She knew from experience that Miss Herman did not meet a stranger and that she gave out hugs, not handshakes. Once he was out of her hole, Samson fist bumped Kenya before rejoining Savoya. I did not get a chance to properly thank you for rescuing me and my son. Savoya shook her head and hands. No apologies needed. It was my duty and my pleasure as a teacher and meddler. <laughs> Savoya added with a laugh. Yes, on the teacher part. Okay, as a meddler. Miss Black, you brought peace to my son, to me, and everyone around us. Thank you for that. Savoya graciously accepted. Well, you are welcome. Now, if you would join me here at the table, I will go over the open house packet. I put my profile in the folder here, Savoya took it out, but if you have any questions now or in the future, please let me know. Savoya monitored the uncertainty on his face. I know this is a class for children like my son, but it is not often that people know American sign or know sign language, even special education teachers. And he is right because I'm a special education teacher and I only know a little bit of sign language and I actually learned it when I became a licensed teacher. So he was right in that, that thought. Well, it is not often that a deaf child is placed in a developmental needs classroom, but in reading through Samson's paperwork, his hearing has assisted in this placement, along with his mom as a strong advocate for him and his previous teacher and current instructional assistants, being willing to learn sign language and teach it. So in my classroom, we actually taught sign language to the children every single day. If your um, family needs to learn sign language or if you just want to learn sign language, there is a lady named Patty Shukla, it's S-H-U-C-K-L-A. She has sign language videos on YouTube. She has like a whole like slew of videos on YouTube um, about sign language and um, dance songs and fun songs that you can do uh, if you're not able to go outside for recess, like if it's raining or storming or something like that, snowing or whatever, she has videos to do indoor recess. And so Patty Shuka, she teaches sign language and we, as a part of our circle time every single day, we went over sign language because my what became my last year, of, well, it wasn't my last year of teaching, it's my second to last year of teaching, I actually had a child that was mute. And so we spoke in sign language to him and it was really nice because the kids spoke sign language to him as well. We didn't do full sentences, y'all, because we were not that advanced, but we knew phrases and words that we could share with him to communicate with him. So he understood us, like he, when we spoke to him, he heard us, his hearing was fine, he just was unable to respond verbally. And so, man, I loved him. He was, he was my little baby. I want to say his name, but he was, he was my little sweetheart. And so he graduated, of course, from the, 
from my classroom and was and went on to kindergarten. But it was a joy and a privilege to be his teacher and to learn his language, you know. So anyway, again, if you want to know American Sign Language, Patty Shukla, her videos are very short and sweet and um, concise. So it's, you know, easy to follow and easy to learn. All right. So back to the book. That was just my side note. So back to the book. Yes, all of that has helped tremendously. Samson closed his eyes briefly. Honestly, his mom handled all of this. I am new to this placement, you say, and Samuel's disability and how all of this works. As a matter, as a matter of fact, Samuel, Samson stood knocking over the chair he was sitting in. Let's go, son. He glanced at Savoya. I can bring these back, right? Yes, Mr. Hawthorne, I was unaware and did not mean to upset you. Please accept my apology. My contact information is on the sheet. Please reach out during my office hours if you have questions or need any help. Your office hours? Are you trying to imply that I would use your number to contact you at any other time than when you were at school? Savoya recognized the defensive posture for what it was and smiled. Not at all, Mr. Hawthorne. I shared the same information with all my other families as they departed and wanted to extend the same courtesy. His defensiveness and anger turned to arrogance. He regarded her with a you are beneath me glance and called once again for his son. Why do y'all think he got so mad so quickly? Y'all put it in the comments or the, or the, um, the chat. Savoya noticed the terrified look on Samuel's face and wondered what in the world this child endured under the care of his father. She would keep a lookout, but for now, she would say goodbye. This holds some significance a little later. I will see you soon, Samuel, and please bring firefighter Frank to class so that he can get his learning in too. The terror on Samuel's face quickly turned to joy as his whole face lit up, lit up at her joke. Savoya returned his smile. He hugged his teachers before following his dad out the door. Samson went straight to the office. <laughs> he was mad, went straight to the office. He left his son at the front desk, sharing his puppet with the secretary, and marched straight to the principal's office. Patricia Wilson, glanced up from her desk at the sudden whirlwind entering her space. Hi, Sam. I would ask you how you are, but those creases tell me that there is a problem. What is it? That new teacher you hired, Savoya, Black, Miss Black, whatever, there is going to be a problem. Miss Wilson studied her husband's former teammate and longtime friend. So, you are interested in her. Samson glared at her. I said a problem, not an interest. Thou oh, how long have we known each other, Sam? He sank in the chair in front of her desk. Too long. Exactly. Now, I know you are still grieving for your wife and trying to get a handle on your son's disability, but that is no reason to take it out on my newest employee who comes highly educated and recommended. 
And who is as sweet as the Lord is good? Patricia sat in his chair, sat in her chair, excuse me. So what is it really? I just don't like her. I just don't care. Samuel stared at the amused face of his friend. You and that sassy mouth. It is a wonder Ontario married you. Hmm. It is a wonder you are even a principal. I mean, do you talk to all your parents like this? Only the honorary ones, Patricia rounded her desk, and despite knowing he hated them, hugged him. Oh, oh, excuse me. Whatever it is, get over it, because she is here to stay. I have a mind to drive over to the superintendent's office and tell her how you're treating me. She grabbed a folder off her desk. Will you take this to her? Save me a trip. Samson laughed so loud, Samuel came around the corner puzzled. Well, if it isn't my boyfriend. Samson ran over and hugged Patricia. She squeezed him tight, then stood back as he told her about his new friend. Samson could not see what his son was saying, but he knew the gist as Patricia cut her eyes at him. He shook his head. He had not planned for anyone at the school to know of their store fiasco. Of course, at some point when he and Samuel went to visit Patricia and Ontario, he knew he would discuss it. But he planned for that much, much later. He closed his eyes, um, let me try that again. He closed his eyes, straining to recall the last instructions his wife had given him about Samuel. He has to follow a routine. Well, thankfully she had schedules posted throughout the house for him to help their son. She had even posted an evening routine, including bath, teeth brushing, and toileting. Reading a story every night was becoming increasingly difficult as the weariness of single parenthood settled in. Samson wasn't sure how much more he could bear, especially alone. Well, he wasn't totally alone. Patricia and Ontario had taken one look at him in the hospital and had taken Samuel in for two weeks following that horrific night. Even his neighbor, who was over 80, had seen him sitting on the lawn a month ago and had offered to take Samuel for a few days. But Samson quickly stood and decided he could handle it. Now, he wasn't so sure. He hated to admit it to himself, but he was still grieving his wife's sudden death and the nature of Samuel's disability was causing a slow boil of annoyance and anger that he did not even want to think about. So I'm gonna take a pause right here because it makes me kind of curious what you parents out there are thinking. Like I know that there are a lot of single parents that are raising their children and they're doing just fine. Some of them are single parent by choice. Some of them single parent because of the loss of a spouse, whether that was due to death or due to that spouse or that, you know, partner leaving um, or a divorce, you know. And so, you know, 
so here we have a two parent family and then there's a, you know, the wife passes away. So it's a single parent family. So, so have you all ever been in this situation? Like, are, are you a single parent? Do you know single parents? Um, have you had a spouse or a partner to pass away or to leave and you're left as a single parent? Like how, how were you feeling? I didn't want to dig too much into this because I, I'm not a parent. And so I don't know what it would be like to, I, you know, um, like have a have a have a husband or a boyfriend or whatever and we had a child together but you know he's no longer there so 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 share your thoughts you all about how you think um Samuel um excuse me Samson is feeling what you know he's feeling because you've experienced this before or you have family members and friends who have experienced before and not only is he all of a sudden you know a single parent but his child had disabilities so as you're thinking about how you've handled you know the loss of a spouse or the loss of a partner and you're raising children by yourself or you have always raised children by yourself as you're thinking about that Think about a child with a disability that you never engaged with. Like Samson rarely engaged with his son, which is horrible in my opinion, because I think both moms and dads should engage with their kids. I think both moms and dads should um, should uh, teach their children, should help nurture their children, should take care of their children, you know, both put them to bed, feed them, clothe them, uh, we'll, we'll feed them bath time, you know, bath time, help them with their homework or their other schoolwork. Like I think both parents should be active in a child's life. So again, here we have this single parent who wife suddenly passes away, but he was not engaged with his son's life. So now he's grieving and he's having to navigate being the single father of a child with a disability. And he is not going very well. He is not handling it very well at all. So what are your thoughts? What are, what are your what are your parenting advice? You know, what are your parenting thoughts? What is, what is your parenting wisdom? You know, add it in the comment section or add it to the chat, you know, and just let me know what you're thinking, how you're feeling, what are your thoughts? Watch your wisdom in this because right here, like I said, this this Samson struggling. He was really struggling, you know, with his with his child and with this new place that he has found himself in. Okay, so let me get back to the story. Then there, okay, so let me go back up. Now he wasn't so sure. He hated to admit it to himself, but he was still grieving his wife's sudden death. Excuse me. And the nature of Samuel's disability was causing a slow boil of annoyance and anger that he did not even want to think about. Then there was his job. He had been going through the motions, but more than once his supervisor had asked him to go home and get himself together and was now threatening to send him on vacation if he did not pull himself together. The disapproving eyes of his son's new teacher was the worst. Well, not disapproving, but pity. Well, compassion. Either way, he did not need it. He inwardly sighed. He was slowly losing his mind. And he had no idea what to do about it. He did not even know that his face was wet until he felt a tissue in his hand. He glanced, glanced into the face of his high school friend, Ontario, 
who had arrived minutes before to have lunch with his wife. Samson had been so engrossed in his own thoughts that he hadn't even noticed his friend walk in. But when Samson glanced into Ontario's eyes, the floodgates opened. Oh man, what do you all think? Like this single dad is dealing with a lot. He's dealing with grief. He's dealing with, um, you know, his child and, and navigating having his IEP and his disability. He's not doing well on his job. What do you guys suggest? What do you all think he should do? We're going to read a little bit about what he did, but what do you all think he should do in his current state? All right, so let me get into chapter three. I think this is going to be the last chapter that I'll read for tonight. So chapter three's heading is Savoya's Concern, Samson's Ask. Savoya settled. Do I want to read all of this? Um, yes, I do. Savoya settled in her favorite chair with a cup of cocoa and a slice of double chocolate cake. She thought back to the encounter she had with Samuel and his dad. She pondered on what had set him off. She knew without a doubt that his dad had little to no, little to no idea how to handle his son's autism. So now we hear what that disability is. His son has, has been diagnosed with autism especially considering they only saw Samson a few times. He rode the bus to and from school. When he had to go home early, his mom picked him up. His mom came to all of his meetings by herself. Today was one of the few times we, we've even seen Mr. Hawthorne. He picked up Samuel twice last year when his wife was too sick to come and twice after his son, excuse me, and twice after his wife passed away. So I wanted to note that this is actually Savoya listening to one of the instructional assistants sharing this information with her. So when you actually read the book, you'll see the italics where it indicates that she's thinking. All right, Savoya's assistants had gone on to tell her that mom was a registered nurse, but decided to leave the profession when she found out her son had autism. She had taken up medical coding instead so she could be at home if the school called for any reason. She also wanted to have her son at home with her during the summer, but that had soon faded as her son found a home at a camp for the hearing impaired. They recalled her tears when she told them Samuel was accepted. Savoya was glad that Samuel's mom had found a friend in them and she was thankful for an opportunity to continue to build his skills. She offered a quick prayer to heaven and grabbed her plate. She sliced into the moist chocolate layers, enjoying the sweet taste after a long day of work. Savoya finished her treat and was soon off to bed. The rest of the week passed swiftly as Savoya and her coworkers prepared room for their students. They spent most of the following week at the Early Learning Resource Center for Professional Development. And the week following, Savoya began her first day of teaching. She was a natural. And while it was hard work, and it is hard work, y'all, Savoya knew she would love her first year as a licensed teacher. 
Savoya noted how much her students enjoy socializing, especially Samuel. You all, I love being a special um, education teacher. My children pretty much got along with each other. Like we did not have, you know, of course they were pre-K, three, four, and five years old, but they got along. They were so friendly to each other. They got along. And I just love that camaraderie and love seeing my children engage with with each other and develop those pure relationships. It was just a blessing to my soul. But anyway, so this, I had to, you know, throw that in the story. Um, he also did well following classroom routines and guidelines, but when it was time for him to go to carpool with his dad, excuse me, which his dad insisted on this year, he wasn't too thrilled. See, Samson, Samuel, excuse me, was used to riding the bus, but now his dad is picking him up and dropping him off. So he's missing that, even that time of engaging with his peers, he's missing that time on the bus. So Miss um, Herman shared her, excuse me, by the end of the week, Miss Herman shared her concerns with Savoya. She decided to switch bus duty with the seasoned woman for the next two weeks so she could monitor his behaviors. By the end of the second week, Savoya sat in Patricia's office, remember Patricia is the principal, to share her concerns. Patricia listened intently to her newest employee, understanding every word and feeling every emotion. Would you like to hold a parent-teacher conference with Mr. Hawthorne? <sighs> Savoya visibly sighed. It crossed my mind, but I believe that what Mr. Hawthorne is experiencing is much deeper than him not being able to navigate his son's autism. And a parent-teacher conference could only exacerbate the underlying issues, causing more harm to Samuel. Patricia rested back, recognizing how connected to the Lord this young lady was. What would you like to do? What would you like me to do, Miss Black? Can you speak with him? Patricia eyed the young lady. Neither she nor Samson has shared with Samuel's teachers the nature of their relationship. If I speak with Mr. Hawthorne, he will want to speak with you as well. But can't you speak to him as a friend of a friend and not as a principal to a parent? And what makes you think I would speak to him as a friend? Savoya tried not to smile. Hmm, just a hunch. Perceptive, Miss Black. Yes, ma'am. Well, I will see what I can do, but just know he is not going to like it. I know, but I feel like he can handle it. <laughs> Savoya did smile this time and soon joined Patricia's chuckle. You are dismissed, young lady. Savoya grinned at her supervisor, knowing the woman was no more than 10 years older than she was. Yes, ma'am, and thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so this is getting into it. So after I read this part, um, I will go ahead and close out our book study. Savoya enjoyed an early morning service at a nearby church and then lunch at one of the Sunday brunch buffets. It was well in the afternoon when Savoya poured a glass of milk and placed one of the two lemon cake slices she had brought home. The first bite was halfway to her mouth when her phone rang. She glanced at it and saw Patricia's number flash across the screen. Her mind raced. 
Had something happened with one of her students? Was she getting a new one? Hello? Savoya listened intently as her principal detailed the nature of her call. 15 minutes later, Savoya stared at her phone, unable to believe what she had just agreed to. She replayed her principal's voice in her head. Right now, me and Ontario have Samuel, as his father Samson is preparing to go to an out-of-state therapy center. Did y'all did y'all say he needed some therapy? Well, he's about to get him some. He would, however, like you to have temporary guardianship over Samuel for at least the next 30 days. I'm going to read that again in case y'all didn't hear it. <laughs> Samson, Samuel's father, would like his new teacher, Savoya, to have temporary guardianship over Samuel for at least the next 30 days. So y'all, look now, I don't have any kids. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But y'all parents out there, would you... If you needed to take some time away from your child, your elementary child, your special needs child, who would you entrust your child with? <laughs> like, would you entrust your child to a stranger? Because ultimately she's a stranger, even though Savoya did help him calm Samson, help Samson calm Samuel down, but technically she's still a stranger. Would you trust a stranger to your child? Most of y'all are probably like, no, no, I would not. But this is a story, y'all. So, you know, but y'all let me tell y'all this. There, one of my coworkers at a school that I used to work with, she is a seasoned woman in age and in her education and experience. She's a special needs educator and she's kind of moved up in the ranks, so she's in a higher position now, but she still works with children with disabilities. And so her and her husband have, I think they have three children. And so she was telling me a couple of years ago when I was still working at the school, me and her were talking because even though she... Um, she helped me, you know, with, with my children. She was kind of like, she was my mentor, actually, is what she was. Um, she told me, we were just talking because we talked about our families. We just had grown, um, developed a really good relationship and had grown to, like, really, you know, care for and respect each other as friends, as coworkers, but as friends. And so she was telling me that there was this mother of one of her children. I don't know if he, if the the boy was one of her son's friends or if they went to school together or if they played sports together they they were her son and this other child were connected some kind of way and she said that this mother i don't know how she got the child i don't know if the mother bought the child to my friend's home or if they were out and about or they played sports together anyway he came home with her at some point and stayed with her for a full weekend she said she didn't know this mother she hadn't met this mother she just knew the child you know this 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 young young man and her son they knew each other from school some kind of way and that mother trusted her to care for her child and that shocked me because she was just like, I don't even know, kind of like, I don't even know how this happened, but we had him the whole, she said the young man was no trouble at all, but the fact that this mother that she doesn't even know left her son with her, it just really surprised her. 
I, I can't remember if we had a follow-up conversation to find out like why the mother did that. I don't know if an emergency came up and she didn't have any family close by. I can't remember exactly um, like, like after that weekend, I can't remember exactly, you know, why the mother did that, but actually she, she left her son in good hands. Cause my friend, she loves her children, like her and her husband, they, they take care of them boys. They love the, love those children and she will not harm, you know, I know we say we know people, we don't know what people do, but she's not the kind that would harm anybody's child. She's just not, it's just not who she is. And so she's a Christian woman as well, you know? And so, that was an interesting situation that this this mother, you know, left her son with a, practically a stranger. And so what would you all do? Like, you know, I'm pretty sure you all would not do that. But, you know, if, if push came to shove, if you didn't have any family around and, and you had an emergency or something came up, like, would you would you use it as a last result to leave your child with someone that they they may have seen a few times but don't know like how would you handle that i don't know y'all i'm not i'm not a mommy so i don't know but y'all leave it in the in the chat or in the comments and let me know what you all would think um so um oh my you know what you know what, y'all, let me let me share this with you. And I know you all have heard because I'm, I'm looking now at my mom and I can't see all of her comment because I don't think she had a chance to finish it. But actually, like I'm seeing in the chat, my mom said she would trust her child with someone she knows. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, when we have when children have sleepovers or when children go to birthday parties, you're ultimately letting your child go to a birthday party or a sleepover with parents you may not know, or maybe you've seen them around the school or maybe you've met them one time, but it could be a situation where you don't know that parent, but you're allowing your child to stay at a sleepover. Now, I know that's a little different, y'all. I know it's, let me put my bookmark in so I can move my hands. I know that's a little different because a sleepover, you know, it's like a one night, you might go Friday night, stay Saturday and you get your child on Saturday. So that might be a little bit different, but it puts me in the mind of a child. I was in the third grade, I think I was. And my best friend, her name happened to be Angela. Actually, her name was Angela. She was having a birthday party. Me and her were kind of misfits. You know, we kind of marched to beat of our own drum, but we have become friends. And so she wanted to have a sleepover with me for her birthday. And she lived with her single dad, it was a single parent dad. And it was her and her little brother. And so she asked, you know, if I could have the sleepover with her to celebrate her birthday. So my mom, I remember my mom talking to her dad and they had a conversation and whatever happened, you know, my mom allowed me to go to his home. They lived, it wasn't walking distance, but from our house to their house was less than 10 minutes. So like if my mom needed to get to me quickly, she could get to me quickly. They live fairly close. Um, and so I went over there and I remember it, we had a good time. Like, you know, mom, mom told me all the precautionary things, you know, y'all know he's a, he's a male, even though he's a dad, I'm a, you know, so mom shared some things with me. This is what you do if this happens. This is what you do. He, it was wonderful. We, we slept over, we were at, in her room. He actually took us out the next day, took us a little bit of shopping. We went out to eat for her birthday. Like it was one of the sweetest times that I've ever had in my life and just in general as a child. And I thank God for my mom because my mom had the discernment to know, okay, this dad is okay. I trust him with my child. And even though she was trusting with him just for the, for the I think it was just for the night. I think I went over... Friday and stayed till Saturday 
or maybe I went over Saturday and stayed Sunday. I could have stayed the whole weekend. I was in third grade, so I can't remember how long I stayed, but I remember us going out to eat. I remember him taking a shopping, and I bought some little stuff back to go home, you know, to, you know. So in a case like that, like my mom, again, she was discerning. And so she trusted this man and he, everything was fine. And so, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there that there are moments, I guess, in life where we do trust our children or we may trust our children to someone we don't know 100 percent. But I definitely say pray, you know, pray and ask the Lord even for sleepovers for who your children are befriending, for who they're hanging out with, who they're going skating with, to the party with, bowling with, sports game with, whatever. Just be prayerful and discerning so that the Lord can give you wisdom about who these other, you know, individuals are, these other adults or these other young people, okay? So that's my spiel. I'm going to get back to the story. But I just wanted to throw that out there. And so, so again, we're back to Samson asking Savoy to watch over Samuel while he goes to therapy. And he needs this therapy, y'all, I'm, I'm telling you. So you might be asking, well, why, did, why doesn't Patricia and Ontario keep him? We're going to get to that in just a second. Samson was convinced that you would take him in considering he does not have any family to do it and because of your concern for him. His words, not mine. Remember, this is Patricia talking to Savoya in this phone call. Anyway, me and Ontario are just too busy with our jobs to take Samuel in for more than a week. Upon your agreement, you will become his guardian so that you can make decisions for him. I know this is a lot, so I have already informed your IAs that you will not be, be present for at least the next three days to take care of a personal matter, in which this is. We will work out your absences with payroll or for payroll. Your next step will be to meet with Anita in the morning at the social services office. I will text you her info. Samson will be there as well, so you two can discuss the agreement and sign the necessary paperwork. I understand that this is unconventional, me asking and informing instead of Samson, but he thought it best if I speak with you first. Sound familiar? Anyway, he will explain more tomorrow. He also recognizes that this may be an inconvenience for you, but made accommodations for you. That this may be an inconvenience to you, but made accommodations for you. Could she handle this? Could y'all handle that? So we talked about if you were the parent and you left your child with a stranger or someone you only have known for a short time, would you be that parent like my friend was? Would you be the parent to receive a child or to take care of a child that you didn't know much about or you didn't know much about his family? Like, would you take care of them for a weekend or for a week or maybe even for a month as Samson is asking Savoya to do? Like, would you be the caregiver? Like, what, what y'all think about that? Add it to the chat and or the comment section and let me know if you would take a child in. I, would I take a child in that I didn't know? I don't think I would. I don't think I would. And I think about the times that my niece and nephews have stayed with me. And I remember one year, my niece came by herself and she asked if a friend could come. Um, she had come to stay with me for a week, I think it was. A week, a week or two, a week. 
or two weeks. It was during the summer. So I can't remember exactly how long she stayed. My, they would normally stay with me two weeks over the summer. But um, she may have been there for however long it was. She asked if her friend could come and, you know, up here and stay. And I was just like, mm-mm. I, I didn't know this young lady. I said, I don't know her. I don't know her parents. I don't want to be responsible or liable if something happened to her. So my niece was, she didn't, she was sad, you know, and upset with me about it. But if I had known this young lady, you know, if I knew her family, then I would not have mind her taking care of me. Because it wasn't the fact that I didn't have room or didn't have enough food or anything like that. It's the fact that that's a huge responsibility, taking care of someone else's child. And so I was not willing to do that. If it's a child, but there is another situation where there was someone I know, I'll just say it like that. There was someone I know who reached out to care for her child temporarily. Um, and I did agree to do that. But in talking to social services and the the um, the guidelines that I have to follow, like as far as traveling this child, like back and forth from my home to their, um, to their home, which was a couple of hours away. And I think... I think I had to do it for like twice a month or once er, uh, four times was it once either once every two weeks or twice a month or something however whatever the time frame was it was too it was too frequent for me there was no way that I can go a couple of hours um, like twice two weekends out of the month or once every other week or something, whatever the guidelines was, I was not willing to do that. I was like, uh, I'm not doing that because I did not want the, I didn't mind taking care of the child and watching over them because I had already actually called the school. Like I was, I was preparing for this child to come stay with me temporarily. But once I, I read those guidelines, those things that I had to follow outside of taking care of the child, because like I had the room, like I said, food don't matter. I'm, I'll, I'll cook for you. I'll take care of your child. We'll go outside and play. You know, we We'll, do, we'll have so much fun, but those other guidelines I just wasn't willing to follow, so I, I did not take that child in. But it was a child I knew, you know, it was a person that I knew, and so I was willing to help them out. So if it's somebody I know, I'll be able, I'll be willing to help you out temporarily. But I, I got to be able to send your child back home. <laughs> I got to be able to send it back home, and I'm gonna just leave it there. Okay, let's get into this story. Because it's already 7.30, so let me wrap this up so that I can um, share with you what we're going to be doing for the rest of the week, or for the rest of the month, rather. Okay, this is Savoya talking now. Could she handle this? Taking Samuel into her home without being, being becoming attached? Then there was his dad having parent-like conversations about a child they did not share. Could her emotions remain intact? Or would the attraction she already felt in his presence be to her detriment? So you gotta, you gotta talk to yourself. You gotta ask yourself some questions. You know, like Mr. Brown said, I said to myself, myself said, hmm, you gotta talk to yourself sometime. Ask yourself some questions. Go through the checklist and see, is this the best decision for me? Is this the best choice? Am I making the right choice in this situation? Now, granted, she had already agreed, but at, you know, at least she's taking a few minutes to think about it before the child actually comes to her home. So anyway, Savoy is pondering all of this, um, all of this information. She's processing all of this information and navigating through how she's feeling about it and would she be able to handle it as she you know already asked herself she took a minute to quiet herself and listened 
God, I know this is the right thing for me to do for Samuel's sake. But what are you doing? See, sometimes God sets you up. Sometimes he, he sets you up. It just is what it is. 20 minutes. Don't y'all get mad at me because I say God sets you up. Sometimes he sets you up. 20 minutes later, Savoy is still sat thinking about that conversation. She shook her head to clear the fog and then knelt down in front of her chair. Lord, what is this about? Have y'all ever asked the Lord that? Like, God, what is going on? Yes, yes, I have. A man I barely know wants me to care for his son. Why me? I mean, I don't mind helping out, but this is a whole child that I will be responsible for and for at least the next 30 days. Again, for a family I just met like a few weeks ago. Will I be liable if I make the wrong decisions or something happens to this child? Savoya shook that thought away. Okay, let me get my thoughts together and begin again. God, I feel at peace about agreeing to take in Samuel. I feel strongly that this is your will, but I need your help. I have cared for my nieces and nephews, but they are family. This child is no relation, and he has a disability. Yes, Lord, I know I work with this population of children every day, but this is an every-minute thing, and that makes me anxious and afraid. I know you have not given me the spirit of fear, but parenting, well, guardianship is a whole other realm compared to teaching, and she write about that. Teaching, I can send them home. Praise God for being able to send your children home after the school day. But guardianship, they are coming home with me. Savoya took a deep breath. I release my fear to you, Lord. I release anxiety and worry, and I ask for your grace that is sufficient, for an infilling of your peace, which is already around me, and for the mind of Christ, which will help me to use wisdom to care for Samuel. God, please let Samuel be okay with this arrangement. Please help me not to feel fear or abandon. Please help him not to feel fear or abandonment. Please comfort his heart and surround him with your love. Bless Samson, Lord. I cannot even imagine what it took to make a decision like this. Grant Samson patience with himself as he works through his anger and grief. Comfort his heart, Lord, as the God of all comfort. Be the all-sufficient one for him, for you are more than enough to fill the voids in his life. Help him to recover well and strong and bring restoration and healing to Samson's heart and soul. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. So if you keep reading, you'll read about the meeting that Samson and Savoya have with the social worker, and you'll read about how that transition happens with Samuel coming to Savoya's house, and then what happens with Samson in his therapy. It's, this is a really good read. Make sure you pick up a copy of Savoya, Samson, and Samuel. It is an amazing, amazing read. So get your 
print edition or your ebook on my website, determinedpublishing.com. All right. So everybody, like I told you at the beginning of the broadcast, I'm going to take the month of December to finish five of my latest books. So there won't, there will not be any Bible study in the month of December. I might do a little bit of sip and say on the third Thursday, but I do have a book that I'll be reading the third Thursday. So every Thursday, five Thursdays in December, every Thursday I will be reading excerpts from my book. So tonight was Savoy, Samson, and Samuel. Next Thursday will be Samuel and Savoy. This is a story of Samuel and Candace. Sam and Candy meet at his realtor office and are instantly attracted to each other. Sam is having a hard time finding their property, finding the right property to please Candy. But when he does, there is a hitch. Will Candy accept? So get your copy of Samuel and Candace. These are the only two books that I have that characters, they connect with each other. So you'll get a little bit of Samuel and Candace. You'll read a little bit about them and how they connect with Savoya, Samson, and Samuel, okay? These two Samuels are two different Samuels, but you'll, they're two different Samuels, but you'll see how they connect. So they're the only two books, even though they, it could be a book one, a book one and a book two, they are read alone, read alone books so that you don't have to read them together. But it's interesting to get their, to get both perspectives and to get both of their stories. So anyway, that's the third, or I'm sorry, this is a second uh, Thursday. Let me slow down, take a breath. The third Thursday, we're gonna have conversations, Ethan and Evangeline. Evangeline Sutherland is a widower with a 15-year-old daughter. Ethan Sims is a young man who is currently staying with his dad. On his first day as a police officer, he pulls Evangeline over for speeding while he is checking her information, she pulls off. <laughs> the cop done stopped you. He got your license and insurance information and you done took off. It sets them on a journey of conversations with each other, family, and friends. So get you a copy of Conversations with Ethan and Evangeline. We will read excerpts on the third Thursday. Okay. Fourth Thursday, this is our, well, no, it's not our Sip and Say, Sip and Say is third Thursday. So fourth Thursday is our normal um, 2021 book study time. So we'll have Walking Out Our Love. This is one of the books that I released, was it this year or last year? Uh-oh, my years is running together, y'all. I released this one earlier this year. So this is a book of um, Dominic and Emerald. They meet, I'm not going to read their, well, yeah, let me go ahead and read it since I read the rest of them. Emerald becomes stranded on a long, dark road. She abandons her car in hopes of finding help, but she finds herself slowly falling in the snow. She fully awakes two days later to the eyes of a handsome stranger. Here we go. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Let me let me get it right now. She she fully awakes two days later to the eyes of a handsome half naked stranger we got to put that half naked stranger up in there so y'all know he half naked praise the lord dominic is immediately taken back by the lady lying unconscious in the snow bleeding from her head she is appealing even in her injured state and with her hollering out at the hospital he knew he needed to help her 
Will their unlikely meeting lead to a likely relationship? Walking out, I love child. Praise him. Is that the story that my mom tried to know? Was this story? Was this one? A return to love will be read the fifth Thursday. It'll be December 30th. So we'll be getting ready for New Year's Eve. So I'm going to read this on the fifth Thursday. This is a return to love, the story of Sabrina and Samson. Um, Robert and Sabrina. Sorry about that, y'all. Robert and Sabrina. This is a story that my mom tried to, <clears throat> excuse me, that my mom tried to write a sequel to. And I had to be like, Mama, write your own story, child. <laughs> anyway, Robert is president of the United States. Sabrina is a scientist and author. They were once deeply in love, but family secrets kept them apart. Reconnected by an unlikely source, Robert and Sabrina must decide if their secrets are worth holding on to or if it is time to be free so they can live out their best life possible, best life period, possibly together, maybe. So this will be read the third, the fifth Thursday in this month. And that will end our 2021 book study, you all. I will let you know at the end of the year or either at the start of next year what we'll be doing for 2022. Okay. All right. So let me take a minute to read some of the comments because I did ask you all quite a few questions. So I'm going to read some of the comments. Oh, I like that. My mom said, old, old time society says, the raising of children is the mother's responsibility. The man is the financial provider. Some men blame the mother if the child is not perfect. It is hard for them to accept. And you know what? I'm going to add in the chat, I agree. I agree. Even the Bible said that a husband could divorce his wife if she did not bear him any children. I was I was just reading about um, I was just reading uh, Hannah's story actually again and wondering what if the issue was Elkanah. Wondering what if the issue, let me try this again. Wondering what if the issue was Elkanah? What if the issue, let me make this sure this right, was Elkanah's? Look, I want to say his soldier's not marching just based on the Tyler Perry movie, right? <laughs> I meet the Browns, meet the Browns, the play. Wait, what if his soldiers didn't march? Um, let me make sure I got this right. Okay, I'm gonna put in thinking because I'm, I'm limited in my words. And I was thinking, what if the issue was Elka's soldiers? not marching all right I'm past it mm. 
Okay, let me take some of this out because I'm going to get this. Could divorce his wife if she did not bear him any children? I was reading Evan and. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to read what my aunt Wanda says. She said, both parents should be physical and mental, mentally involved in raising their children. And I'm going to put, I agree that both parents should definitely be involved in raising and loving on their children. On their children parenting is not one-sided and it's not parenting is definitely not one-sided um so my mom was saying that when I asked the question about Samson what do you all think Samson should do and she said he should seek professional counseling for himself and the child he needs to understand how to handle a child with autism um, he, and first accept the child as he is. Children can sense when they are not loved. Oh my gosh, that is so, so true. Oh yes, I agree with the therapy. And accept his child for who he is. Y'all, all of your children, none of your children are going to be the same. None of them are going to be the same. And it's important as parents for us. And I know I'm not a parent, y'all. I'm, I'm really talking from the place of an educator and a person who loves children. But all children are differently different. And we should learn to love them and accept them for who they are. We should not try to make our children, you know, like we consider the good child or make them like the child who we consider to be our favorite child. All of our children should be loved and nurtured and taken care of for who they are. Okay, so do not have respect of persons when it comes to your children. Even if you do have a favorite child, which I heard parents do have favorite children. Even if you do have a favorite child, don't let your children know that you have a favorite child. I'm going to just leave that there. <laughs> oh, yes. Just, just, just love on them. I, I would say, and I'm going to just say this. I have three siblings and I would consider the two, I'm the oldest and I got two in the middle and then a younger brother. I would consider them two in the middle, my mom's favorite and then my baby brother. I would say, I would say I'm my least favorite, I'm my least, I'm my mom's least favorite child. Not because of that she doesn't love me because my mom totally, totally loves me. But I think it's because I I feel like I didn't need my mom as much as my siblings did. I think they clung to her a little bit more than I did. So their relationship is different. And so I probably shouldn't say that. I think my mom loves all of us equally based on who we are. But I still feel like, you know, their favorite, she loved, she loved them other ones. And that's okay. She loved, like I said, she loves me too. I have no doubt in my mind that my mom loves me. She shows me that she loves me. She shows up for me all the time, but we just have a different kind of relationship. I think I'm just so independent and so opinionated and so much of who I am that sometimes I could, it could be hard to deal with in some situations and throughout life, you know, uh, but I've gotten better, praise God. But, um, but my mommy do love me. I'm just saying what I'm saying. I think them, them, uh, 
and those other ones got away from my mama. Like my two youngest ones, like they to me, they, they didn't get away with murder. Y'all know to get away with Viola Davis. They didn't get away with murder, but had they, they may could have. And I'm gonna just leave that there. <laughs> But I do. It's all it's all good. Let me I'm gonna read some more of the comments. Yes, I agree that God is blessing with that precious angel, trusted child. Yes, and my mom was was asking me, did I remember about the little girl? Oh, I don't remember, Mom, the little child that stayed with us. I don't remember that. Uh-huh. And Mom said she would take the child depending on the age. That would have a lot to do with it, too. I would rather take a child who's older. That way we can have conversations about who they are and about how they're feeling. And if something they didn't like, something they can share that with them. They can communicate with their parents about what happened. Like, I would think I would rather take an older child than a younger child. I, th I think I would, because I, y'all, I'm, I'm just of an age, I don't want to change diapers, yeah, praise God, hallelujah, I, I need all my nieces and nephews to be potty trained before they come stay with auntie, because I, you know, I just, I'm at an age, I don't want to change no diapers, I don't want to have no wipes, I just get them off the bottle, you know, let them be able to feed themselves, walk, go to the bathroom, be able to sit down and play by themselves for a few minutes while I take a break, praise the Lord, so anyway, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep right. I'm gonna keep looking. All right. So y'all, thank y'all for your comments. That's true. So my mom's, and I know my mom loves me, and and she's right. I'm, I am so much older than my siblings. Like I was the the only child for a good little while before my siblings. So let me tell y'all something about. Am I gonna tell y'all this about my mama? No, I won't say that. I'll, I'll leave that for her to share. But I won't say it like mom. I've heard my mama say. I'm not going to say it like I heard my mom say and say she should have stopped with me. So I'm not telling on my mom or nothing like that because that's her story to tell. <laughs> but I love my siblings. I love my sister. I love my brothers. We all are adults and we have our own lives. We're, you know, we're trying to live our best lives right now. But I do love them. And she's right. They were so much, I'm so much older than them. So, um, and, so, and, and not only that, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit further, so I stayed in my grandparents' house until I was a teenager. So, like, I had my mom, I had my grandparents, like, they were the adults in my life, whereas when we moved to our home, my siblings were still younger, so it was just my mom there. It wasn't like my grandparents, even though they still went to my grandparents' house because the relationship was really strong there. I kind of had other adults to spread around, whereas my siblings, it was just my mom because she had purchased our first home. And so um, so that was another factor in. So so I probably shouldn't have said I'm a, I, you know, I will. I, I will. I'm going to just let it be. <laughs> I'm going to just let, I'm going to just stop talking while I'm ahead. And I did. I did. Shortly after my mom purchased our first home, I did go off to college, like in the next like within those next two years, I was off to school, child. I was, I, look, went off to college and, you know, trying to try my best to live my best life at that time. 
um, and, and make my good grades and, you know, just take care of my schooling, you know, and everything. So it was, we, it we're, we're in, we're, we're in different decades. <laughs> Me and my siblings, we in different decades, whereas some siblings are like, my mom and her siblings are all in the same decade, whereas me and my, all of my siblings were in different decades. So it did make a difference of how the relationship was and how things were going on, you know, during that time. So that, thank you, mom, for sharing that. Um, okay, so I'm going to end because I probably have talked more, but it's, it's good. Y'all can get to see my heart and just see me be me. This just is who I am. And so I'm thankful for my mom, <laughs> for my mom's comments and for my Aunt Wanda's comments. I really appreciate all that you had to share. Parenting is hard work. Like I, um, y'all know I'm not a parent, but I've watched my mom parent us, you know, and of course I was in the midst of that. I've seen my uncles and aunts parent their children. I've seen my first cousins parent their children. Um, and I have some second cousins now that have children that have been able to watch them some, not as much as like watching my first cousins because I was off to college away from the family even during that time, but would go home often enough to see, you know, how my first cousins parented their children, you know, and everybody is doing well. And so I've just watched them as a lot of single parents, you know, in my family and they took, my, my family took care of their kids, you know, they didn't do everything, nothing was perfect it never will be in anybody's family, family because we're imperfect people. But one thing I can say about the parents that in, are in my family, in the Humphrey family, they took care of their children. I watched them, they worked. They took care of their children. They didn't give them over to other people. They, you know, they did what they had to do to make sure their children had what they needed. And I love and respect my family for being the parents that they are to myself and to my siblings and to my cousins, to all of us in our family, because, yeah, they, you know, we took care. And the thing about it, you all, we took, we helped each other take care of each other's kids. Like when I would go home on the weekend sometimes, especially when I was in college, I can remember watching some of the children in my family, like watching my little cousin. It always made me nervous, y'all, because I remember watching one of my cousin's daughters at the time. And I remember I was in my, you know, in my mom's home and had the baby in there. She was, I, I don't even know how many months. She was like within months, like, I think she was less than six months because she was, I remember waking up, like putting my hand to her nose to make sure she was breathing. You know, she was laying, I can't remember if she was laying on her stomach or her back, whichever one it was, you know, which was right at that time. But I remember watching her chest or either her back, but I just had to make sure she was breathing because I'm under the opinion that I need, I want to return. I want to return your child to you the same way you gave me your child. So if you gave me your child without bruises, I need to return. Like, I don't need them getting hurt while they're with me. We're going to go outside. We're going to run around. We're going to go to the park. We're going to have some fun. But I need them not to break anything. I need them not to be bruised up when they come back to you. So I want to return your children to you the same way you gave them to me. And so I just remember being very careful with her, you know, um, because I just didn't want anything to happen, you know, to her while she was in my care. And I'm like that with my, my nieces and nephews. Now that they're older, you know, auntie not as careful as I used to be just because they're old and they pretty much self-sufficient. But, um, but, uh, but, but parenting is hard work. So, you know, it is, it's tough, you know, to make, because I, I feel like I don't know this personally and I don't know that I've talked to parents about this. I don't even think I've even asked any of the parents in my, in my family, but, just a few times 
you know, throughout these last years that I keep my nieces and nephews, I sometimes wonder, did I make the right decision for them? Like, did I give them enough vegetables while they were with me? You know, did I treat them right? Did I say the right things? Did I have an attitude? Did I speak mean to them? Like when I'm going to sleep or just praying that evening after the day with them, I just wonder, did I make the right decisions for them? And if I'm thinking about that as an auntie while they're with me, I can only imagine how parents might think, you know, did I make the right decision? for my child? Am I making the right decisions? Am I being a good mom to them? Am I being a good dad for them? And am, am I loving them enough? Am I taking care of them enough? You know, so I, I, I can only imagine that there, there could be doubts and insecurities even as we parent our children, even as we're doing the best that we can for our children. I feel like there's still some, some doubts, you know, about, you know, are we making sure that we're setting our children up for success? You know, not and, and whatever that success looks like, you know, because it looks differently, you know, for different people. But am I setting my child up to be a productive citizen in our world, you know? And so I can only imagine that parents have that worry. But parents, you are doing a wonderful job taking care of your sons, taking care of your daughters. Hang in there. Keep up the good work. You are seen. You are loved. You are appreciated. You are doing well. All right. All right. Shout out to all the parents out there and to all the single parents holding it down. Shout out to you in particular. All right, I'm going to go, y'all. I had three closings. Preachers have at least three closings. I'm, I'm about to go. I'm about to go. I'm about to go a third time. Like, seriously, I'm about to go now. <laughs> I will see you all next Thursday at 6.30 p.m. as we read excerpts from Sam, uh, Samuel and Candence. Have a wonderful night. God bless you. In addition to going live on my YouTube channel at 6.30 p.m. on Thursdays, I also go live at 10 p.m. on my podcasting channels, including Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Blessings.